you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. Mr. Farbors, how are you this morning? Good morning, Mark. All right. So I'm super excited about this uh, this this cast today. Uh, getting to get everybody to I've talked about you all the time in my school and the influence you had on my life. So I and uh, the stories that you have. I'm looking forward to this uh, hour we get to spend together, and and you get to bless some other people with your wisdom and your knowledge. I mean, you've been around for. Uh, for quite a long time, and I'm looking forward to some of these uh, stories that you have on your own school and what, we, what we've done together as we've grown uh, gray beards together uh, over the years. You know, we used to yeah. be the young pit bulls, and now we're the junkyard dogs, right? Yes, sir. But, so, <laughs> all right, so what I'm going to ask first, uh, Mr. Farboys, let, let's, I mean, I've introduced you from uh, as Sensei and or Master Farbors as we we call you, and that's we'll talk about why you don't like that that title. I, I hate that title, just so you know. I've always have, and then you go to the Grandmaster title, and it's just like, man, all that sounds like is I'm a great grandfather. You know what I mean? So we'll talk about that. But let's start with where you're from and and how you came here, because uh, you know how your parents got you here and how we got to be blessed to have you in the United States. Let's start with that. Um, well, I was born in um, in Middle East, in Tehran, in Iran, and um, I was born, my dad was in the army, and uh, he died, um, well, he was killed when I was less than six months old, so I don't have, I never met him, I never, I don't have a point of reference of my dad, um, but I grew up with some very powerful, strong women, so my, my mom was only 28 and I'm the youngest one of six kids. So um, she, she imagine a 28 year old woman with six kids, single, you know, in Iran, right? In the Middle East, you know? And uh, so she, um, so I had a great childhood, you know, till um, I was, I don't know, about 10 or 11 and, or maybe a little bit more. till I got, in, in, you know, introduced to Bruce Lee and Ender the Dragon. And uh, that just took me to a whole different level. Um, my first mm-hmm. love of, of my passion was music because I was playing guitar. I loved playing classical guitar. And uh, then then still with the martial arts. I took a little bit in Iran, not as much. Uh, it was hard Japanese systems. Then I had an opportunity to come here to the United States. Uh, I think 79, I think it was a week after the revolution in Iran. It was, it was 78 or 79, I think, uh, is when I came to U.S. And uh, stayed with my brother and started learning English from from scratch. And um, uh, went to uh, Santa Maria. I was there for about a year of last year of high school, then came to uh, L.A. And uh, somehow or another, we... Um, 
we got connected to a move to the Valley and connected to Steve Saxton, which had a Hapkido school on Topanga, yeah. I know, and, and uh, that's where the whole, you know, martial arts kind of journey kind of started, you know? Um, so, but yeah, the, I think the hardest thing was learning English was the, was really difficult for me. Um, I really worked hard on, um, I didn't want to have a thick accent, so I really, you know, like I took Toastmasters and I took classes for, you know, um, you know, having better, being able to speak better. Um, I love public speaking, so I really, like, I took classes. I've always taken classes, and I still do, um, coaches about how to communicate better, how to speak better, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, 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 and ever since then, I've been into martial arts. So did you, did you any other, did you do any other work before you decided to have a school? What, what your background, did you go to school here? Did you graduate yeah, I, college here? No, actually I went to uh, UCLA. I studied computer science. I, I'm, you know, I'm a computer geek. I used to be a lot more. And, uh, then, um, um, so I did some graphic arts, um, for a company for a little bit. Then I just, you know, I, I think I got my black belt in 82, 81 or 82. And ever since then, you know, yeah. started teaching martial arts. Yeah. So I, you know, we, Steve Sexton was your original Hopkino instructor, which he was, you know, down in, uh, I believe it was, he, was he in Woodland Hills too? Has he always been in the Valley, right? Yeah, yeah, in Canoga Park. It was right on, you know. Yeah. On, yeah. It, I, I don't know. I kind of remember. I don't know if I remember kind of a quarter, a corner building. I don't. Or was it just in a strip mall or something? Was that what it was? Yeah, it was in a shopping mall. I, I, I just remember. Right on Topanga and Van Nguyen. Um, well, there's a martial arts school there now. Right, right. There's a martial arts school there now. That's right. That's correct. That's what it was. So I remember. You know, when, and so you got your black belt 81, 82 and I, this is about the time I started martial arts. Right. So we're in this, we're in this, uh, we're in this martial arts, uh, world together as you know, you're a little, uh, before me, cause I got started later in life, you know, to do martial arts. And I was telling you, uh, you know, pre-show what, you know, what, what that was for me when I was comp- in competition, because in the Hapkido school, you know, uh, you know, Farbors is, uh, in that Hapkido school, was where to go to compete if you wanted to show off your self-defense because, you know, Hapkido was, you know, all the throwing and the joint locks and everything else and what that was. And I went there and competed. And I remember a couple things that you did that day. Um, so these are the stories I'll tell you that I remember about you and how, how I kind of gravitated towards you. I was the only one there from another school. You know, my, nobody came and really watched me compete. I just kind of did it on my own, and I, I was the only one there. And I competed, and I didn't win. I didn't win. You know, I was, I was, you know, I was either the first loser or second loser. I don't know which one it was, second or third place, whichever loser I was at the day. But I wasn't the first. I wasn't first place. And so you just stopped the whole thing. And you brought me out. I don't even know if you you remember this. I remember this stuff because these are things that are ingrained in my head. And I was lower rank at that time. I was probably a green belt. And you just stopped the whole thing. And you gave me acclimates for come to a school that I didn't know anybody anybody at and congratulated me and, and you know, and had me con- continue uh, you know, stay there as my guest today, watch the rest of competitions. And that's how you that's how you did it. Now who does that to a lower rank? You know, uh, and I just remembered that. I just remember that vividly, that thing. So that's, 
that's, you know, one of those stories about me. And then eventually how I came back, how I came around to you. So, um, you can say hi to Jason flame. He just popped on and, you know, my coach is on here. As a matter of fact, I told you to get a podcasting coach. This is Larry. He's the it right there. Um, uh, this is Larry, uh, Roberts and we have another David Storacci. He's one of our Tonksudo black belts, um, that's saying hi to you also. So when I, after this now, so Mr. Roberts, after I did this, so, you know, being from your background and I've watched you over the years and I always come and talk to you and stuff at your schools. And then I decided I came to you. I went to my instructor. I went to Mr. Chikau and I said, Hey, I'm a fourth degree black belt at this time. So I didn't do anything until after, um, uh, I got my master's rank in one art. And luckily, my instructor kind of let me kind of veer off to things so I can bring stuff back to um, the school. What I what I felt was I just never felt Tonksudo had good self-defense stuff. I just, did, I just didn't. He let me go. In, and then at fourth, I wanted to get something else because I was – we were lacking for what – you know, now in the old martial arts world, where I was lacking for what do we do to, to help these lower ranks – uh, and black belts after black belt outside of, okay, start teaching class. And, oh, by the way, uh, here's your next form. And that was it. And I just, I, I couldn't do that. So I came to you and asked, I'd like to get a black belt. And the reason I'd looked, sought you out is not, is because of you for one. And second, I didn't have to learn a bunch of forms again. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was, that was a huge thing to me. I was like, I want to know these joint locks. I want to know these wrist locks. And then of course I, we learned, you, you know, four directional form and all this kind of stuff. And then I spoke to you and said, Hey, and then you helped me develop this curriculum. So instead, so we've adopted everything that you've done just so everybody knows it's online. Everything we do after black belt came from Mr. Farbors are, uh, we still do Nunchuck form one and two. We still do four directional form. We do four directional form with staff. We do, well, you know, the cane form. I mean, it's hard to beat Mr. Carlin doing cane form, right? Yes, sir. Uh, especially when I'm playing the t- when, hey, when I'm playing the taiko drums and he's doing that cane form. There's just nothing. There's just nothing more like it. And so that's where all this came from. So the so my question for you when we did all this is in 1994 is when I got a black belt with you. Tell me how you came about because it was such an uh, auspicious occasion where you rented. You never seen anything like it, right? You're an innovator back in the time on. On. We would rent, you'd rent the hotel and we, on this big stage. And then this is the kind of man you were, just so you know, Ms. Farbors, uh, so I can give you some more acclimates. You said to me, I said, you said, why don't you do something with Mr. Chikawa, my main instructor? Why don't you bring him and why don't you perform with him? And so you allowed me on my black belt testing day to bring our instructor and Bo and I tested and that you allowed Mr. Chikau to come and be a part of that, just 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 the man that you were. So, how did you act, how did you come about to want to do big big uh, stage black belt testings like that? And this moving process that some of those some of those things that you had us do, I kind of remember this rowboat thing that you had us do. If we had to, you know, if we had to throw somebody over, that was brutal. By the way, um, how did you come about doing that? Um, well, in my early stages, um, I was exposed to a lot of um, 
experimental learnings. I remember I took classes called PSI, PSI stands for people synergistically involved. Then I was involved in, you know, EST, then became LifeSpring, then the forum. So I've always been involved in those classes. And um, I love, uh, I, I, me personally, I, I learned by experience, um, by experiencing things. So I knew that I wanted a, um, a bunch of experiences for becoming a black belt. I loved, you know, um, my blackboard test, but, you know, it was, you know, I don't know how it was yours, but the panel sitting and, you know, you just do your thing and afterwards you get your right. black, which was wonderful, you know, but, you know, I, I remember um, going to uh, one of my students had a dealership um, and uh, it was a Ford dealership and they had an annual banquet or something, you know, and they invited me and I went and it was in a hotel. It was in Hilton. And I just sat there and I went, you know, these guys have such an incredible event be, uh, nothing against car salesmen. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have anything against them. But they had such a big event to give awards for. Um, they made it an experience for people who sold the most cars and the dealership, whatever you know. But it was an incredible, touching uh, event, very first class. And I'm thinking to myself, they only sell cars. I mean, they're not, they're not, you know, doing what we're doing with people. They're not, you know, are we providing a vehicle for people to grow emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, you know? And why don't we have stuff like that, you know, once or twice a year? And what better way of, you know, achieving your black belt, you know, having having all these experiences, you know? So uh, that's where I came up with the idea. And I'm, and I'm not, I didn't make any of the experiences up. Um, just experiences and lessons have been around forever, you know? I just took them and I and I put um, little processes into them so uh, students can go through them. And you know, storytelling is one of the oldest ways to communicate. You know, so I so I took some of the stories and some of the lessons. And this is at the same time where I got, you know, I didn't want make, make, to make shit up. I said, you know what, I have, you know, we're in Southern California. We have access to some of the best in the world of martial arts from, you know, any kind of culture, you, the, the best of them are here. So I seek them out. I literally, I'm, just one thing I'm very proud of, I've literally have trained with the best in the world in, in most systems. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I love that, you know, and, and many of them taught me what to do and many of them taught me what not to do. But either way, they taught me, <laughs> you know, I was, I was right, yeah. lesson. Like I said, some do this, some make sure you don't do this, you know. And um, that's where the whole idea of the Black Bull test, you know, an exam experience was coming up. And this is around the time when I was with the EFC and EFC was, you know, pushing the Black Bull spectacular, you know, big thing. But I mean, I like the show part. But I didn't want, I wanted something more ahead of time. So I came up with the idea of the pretest. Um, I wanted people to uh, attain something non-necessarily martial arts. Um, I wanted people to have experiences. Like it was very important to me um, that on the same day, people go to the Museum of Tolerance, which is about the Holocaust, and at the same time go to Self-Realization Center in on Sunset about extreme peace because I wanted people to have the experience of, you know, here's extreme violence, here's extreme peace. And so I came up with a bunch of these little things like rock climbing, the whole idea. I don't, I don't care if people rock climb, but the whole point is I introduced them to the idea of being in the moment and being somewhere where you can't, you, you can't think about 
anything else except that moment, you know. Then we talk about perceptions, but through experiences. Then I had other instructors come in and teach and, you know, expose the students to different arts, you know, uh, for every pretest. So we had, you know, qualification mm-hmm. exams and pretest, you know. But I did stuff like, you know, during the, during the and it just gives me goosebumps, but during the process was one of our ground rules, well, first of all, is to have ground rules, you know, and, and all the students are supposed to make their bed every morning, you know. And you'd be amazed from all the stuff that I've done, I still get calls and emails and texts from students who, you know, in the last, you know, 20, 30 years who've gotten blackmail from me, and some of them are still making their bed and they, they go, you know, That's awesome. I, right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I still do that because of that was a ground rule. I had to do it. You know, then I had ground rules where they couldn't drink during the exam process. You know, I, you know, I'm very proud to say I have three people who like were alcoholic they were functional alcoholics. And because of the black belt exam, they stopped, you know? So, I mean, there was, a, there, you know, some of this stuff, I, I, I every, every little moves was calculated, you know, I said, what can I do to pe- improve people's, people's life? You know, and um, not necessarily a martial arts level, because what we're getting um, attacked on right now is not necessarily somebody else is, you know, it's obesity is what we eat is just movements in, in in stress and bad relationship. You know what I mean? So I said, what can I do? Right. Not, mm-hmm. not teaching them, not preaching them, but give them some ideas. You know, hey, you got to read this book. What you do with it is yours. You know, like, you know, Bruce Lee said, it's like a finger pointing to the moon. Right. You, you, I, just, you, I provided a bunch of fingers. Right. <laughs> I said, don't think about, you know, all this. If this is yours. And you you did. You know, and I said, well, if you, if you, you know, like we made a few of the books that are, you know, important to me. I'm like, go read this book. Whatever you do with it, it's your thing. But the, the, the result of it is coming out back now. I mean, teens are going, ah, oh, I have to read another book. What does that mean? You know, seven habits for teens, you know. But now I'm getting, you know, um, results right. saying, God, if it wasn't for that book, you know, or seek to understand before you understood, you know. I mean, people are like under- getting that, like, oh, my God, I got that, you know. And so when, I, when, people, when, when we ask, and here's my ultimate goal. I said, my vision is, what do I want for my black belt test? What I always wanted was, um, I want somebody who gets a black belt here, is to be able to say, and I'm very proud to say that myself. I don't I hope I don't come across conceited, but there's nothing I can't do. Give me enough time and instructions. And that's such a great, empowering mm-hmm. feeling that, you know, and I mean, for years I've watched people, you know, you go somewhere, somebody play piano, you're like, oh my God, I wish I could play. But guess what? I can play piano. You know, like I said, give me enough time and instructions. I can do that, you know? Now, I might, I, I might choose not to do it, but it's only a choice. It's not because, oh, there's no way I could do it. I'm too old. You know, I'm too this. I'm, you know, so that's what I wanted, you know, a, a black belt to be, to be able to say, you know what, I can do anything, you know. And, uh, and so, you know, so far it's worked. It backfired a few times here and there. But, you know, I mean, I can't be successful in every case. But the people who are in touch with for the last 30 years, what they're remembering is all the stories, all the experiences. Nobody's remembering basic for number four. Nobody's remembering the wrist twist, you know, but, but they, you know, um, they do remember these experiences, you know, and, 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 you know, in that yes. time, you know, even when I was doing, it, I'm like, Oh my God, people are going to laugh at me and this stuff, you know, but you know what, guess what? It's, it's working during the, <laughs> during the COVID we started saying, guys, go get a, create a vegetable garden. 
you know, and, 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 and do something at home, you know, let me see you guys cook. I want to know how many of the people can cook and you'd be amazed. I'm getting, you know, I got pictures and I got invited to people's homes and have, they literally have vegetable gardens. The kids never, ever. That's awesome. Right. You know, so we came up with, uh, and the whole idea was from, you know, the idea of the getting out of your nine dots, which is a team karate center's logo. Let's, let's, Let's get out of the way, the norm, and think outside the box, literally. And um, so we can't. Yeah, so we still do that. We still, we still do that. We still do the nine dots. Yeah. I Matter mean, of fact, that, I, just, I, I just did it with some special needs kids out in Georgia. I said, and uh, it, was, it was, we still do that. And your pretest, Mr. Farbors, I, I told you before that there's another story I'll tell you. We were in second pretest with you, and this is, I, I believe. We were on we were on a run and a hike uh, at Pierce College, and you had a student that was so rude, man. I wanted to just choke the life out of him, right? And I'm like, "Why you let him talk like this, man? Why don't you let me have Adam?" I, I said, "Let's." I said, "I'll teach him some respect." And you said to me, "You said I could force it. I could force him to do it, but he's if I force him to do it, he's not going to learn and not going to change on his own." No, he has to, it has to come from within. I'll never forget that lesson that day. This is you and I walking. I wanted to just plow that kid, man. I was like, let me have Adam, Mr. Farber. He's so rude to you, you know, you know, he's just disrespectful. And I'm like, it'd take me literally two minutes to, to let, make him suffer for a minute and then I'll put him to sleep. Right. And, uh, I, you're like, no, 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 no. And then, you know, and I've learned that even with my own children, that one lesson, Mr. Farber, I've had that same thing with, me trying to force my kids to do something when they need to do it on their own because that's when the growth happens. So it was a really good lesson that day for me. And uh, those are those little things that happened, uh, you know, with you. I have another student here online. His name is John Morell. He goes, he works with somebody. He talks about it quite often. He works with somebody at work that's a student of Sensei Farbors, the 2007 black belt that still makes his bed, he says. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny is I still make my bed. You know, that's the first thing I do every day. I don't leave without my bed being made, and that all happened there. I told everybody else that, you know, I don't I see our pretest, our first pretest, Mr. Farber, is very hard to pass. I've made it, if you don't work and you can't do these things to a T and attention to detail, you will not pass your first pretest. The way it used to be old school, like, you know, we didn't do things. You miss a key eye, you fail your test, that type of. I wanted, I wanted people to be able to experience either, A, you've done so much work that it's a game that either you're going you're gonna to pass this test and show me up or you're going to not. And many people fail the first pretest at my school. I set it up that way on purpose so people can experience failure. And then I tell everybody, too. Which is, which is a lesson by itself. Correct. Right? Correct. And you know, today's, today's parents, that's a very hard lesson for them to learn. You can, I cannot tell you the coddling that goes on. And so, you know, trying to, trying to experience that. Cause I don't know, I've never, all the stuff I've ever won. It's the major lessons of my losses and my ego is where, where the lessons learned. And so I re, I tell everybody this story one time, because when Bo and I were going through the process, I've gone through the ground rules. We have this, almost the same exact ground rules. You know, you've allowed me to keep your manual, and that's kind of what we use, and then, you know, interject our, our curriculum to it. But if you remember the ground rules is if you're late for class, you have to get up in front of class, and you have to apologize because it wasn't important enough to you. You remember that ground rule? 
That ground rule still stands today. And so I'll never forget this. You have, you're in Woodland Hills and you're upstairs in your office and, and Bo and I are in front because we're kind of a higher rank. And so you had us in front and we were there always 15 minutes early, warmed up, ready to rock and roll. Somebody shows up late and we're just standing in line waiting. And you come down the stairs and you get in class and we bow kind of in and you said, once again, I can't remember which one it was, was late. You don't care enough about this process. So I don't care enough about teaching it today. And you left and went right back up to your office. I'm like, what the heck? And uh, I'm like, oh, man. I said, what are we supposed to do? You know, so all we could do at the time is Bo and I just kind of warmed him up. And, and you know, and we went for the day. I remember that lessons. These are these little lessons. I tell everybody about these stories. I said, you know, these are the things in martial arts that, that happen. And so you have all these experiences. So I think you took all your experiences and you decided, hey, I'm going to write this book. And uh, I know you've been on me for a while. I should have done this through COVID more, but I was so jacked trying to get online to save the school. I, I, I didn't have the, I can't say you didn't have the time because you have plenty of time, right? I couldn't get past the stress to write a book, right? And so, well, let's talk about that book you wrote and what that, what that entails. Well, Open Hands was um, a series of experiences that I've had with people, um, mostly with students and some of my people that I look up to. And, uh, and I just wrote them as stories that literally the things that, that happened to me that other people can relate to, um, especially if you're not a martial artist. And if you're a martial artist, you could definitely kind of relate to it. But I, I wanted, um, you know, most things that are valuable um, – as you know, they're not new. Um, I, I wanted, I, I, you know, the one thing I learned from Sensei Benny is, uh, I, you know, the difference, the, the distinction that he makes between a coach, instructor, and a teacher. And that, you know, I, I wanted um, to bring the best out of people. And I wanted to awaken something in people. So I wanted the stories to be like when you read it, you go, oh, like I knew that. I, 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 I've gone through that, you know, instead of saying, oh, that's something brand new. It's nothing brand new. Nothing is new. No lesson is brand new. It just, you know, and, and in a way it did it because it brought back, you know, something. I think we all have that inside. As you know, there's two, two ways to make something. You can, to, to make, make a statue, you can add up things with clay and you end up with a beautiful statue. Or you take a solid piece of marble and you take away things and what stays is good, right? They're both just as valuable, you know. But just in my life, right. I'm more about taking stuff away now. For years, I was into adding things, but now I'm more, you know, like taking <laughs> things away, including the curriculum, including the systems in my school, including, you know, people in my, in my world, you know, um, and you just take away things and what stays is good. Um, I'm, you know, like, like I always tell people, and one, that's one of the things that I've coined this word, but I really, you remind me of that all the time, is I'm a peaceful man. I, love, I, I preach it, I live it, um, but I'm not against violence. And, and that's, the, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a huge, that's, that's in a way, that's kind of like you, right? You're a gentle giant who's like the sweetest little man, you know, and you're you know, so loving. But if it gets down to it, you're the last person that's going to back out of, you know what I mean? If it's might for right, if it's, you know, supposed to be done. That's correct. And, and yes. I, you know, I've, like I said, I'm, that's my philosophy. 
You know what I mean? I'm, you know, Steve, Steve used to always say, you know, I, mean, I was trained in, in so honored to extreme, uh, to have um, been trained in two different levels or in two different extremes. Jihan Jay was all about philosophy and life and experiences. And here this Steve Sexton who like, you know, he would just, you know, would love to hurt people. You know, he would just, he, you know, he had that, <laughs> he, had, he had that life experience. And, uh, you know, it's like, I can't yeah, say yeah. better because it was, I was so lucky to be exposed to both. But I knew if something goes wrong, which one I'm going to go to, right? Uh, <laughs> That's but, <it. laughs> right? But at the same time, you know, they introduced me to a whole diff- level of different things. Then I went to different coaches, you know, having, you know, trained in grappling arts with, uh, you know, Higan and with Machado. Then I, you know, trained with, uh, you know, Sensei Benny, which is, you know, one of my living, living, literally role models in, in, in everything that he is and he does. You know, um, and, and I've trained with these people and I tell you, you know, um, again, having I've had many instructors, but only a few teachers and coaches come and go. You know, learn something here and here, and, you know, but that to is have a teacher, the truth. You know, yes. The truth is statement right there. I've had many instructors, few teachers and, uh, you know, many coaches. That is the, you, I've heard you say this for a long, long time. Hey, I'm not your coach. I'm not here to count off one, two, three. Hey, you're doing a good job and pat you on the back. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and I think we start off as instructors, but then we become teachers, right? Our, our students, if they're going to stick around and let us become their teacher, they'll let us become their teacher. I think that that's uh, probably the truest thing I've ever, uh, that I've come across from you, Mr. Farber, when you, when you speak about that, because that's where my relationship with you for sure, you're, you're definitely a true teacher. Uh, yeah. There's, I've made many lessons. Mr. Richard, Mr. Richard Cow was a true teacher to me. I, you know, I learned lessons from him. Uh, also, you know, life lessons. I was, you know, I'm, you know, you know how I am. I'm a pretty natural, tough dude, but man, I, I needed to be reformed into, uh, in, into being a man that, that, that can lead others, you know what I mean? And so I needed all this, and you definitely were that. And some people some people like to be your teacher. I mean, you and I have experienced a lot of things. We, we've poured our heart and soul into people's lives, and then they just turn around and leave, um, open up schools without without the acclimate. And, and, and I remember you and I have had some very, very hard talks about this, right? Because we've had students do it to us that we pour – our heart and soul into, or they don't have to pay for lessons. And, and then all of a sudden they're gone or black belts that go off and rogue, they rogue black belts and they don't talk about loyalty. And I'm going to hit this little story that in a second on this, but I remember you, you and I talking, right. And we're like, and I was like, man, I said, I, and it, it boggles me. And it, and I, I pour so much time into them. And I remember every time you said, man, I've been, I've had the same feeling that I've had to let this go. Uh, what, what's, what's the saying you always said to me? Uh, I wish them well. Nah, man, you, there's leave something you say leave, all the time, Mr. Fogg. Leave them to heaven. Leave them to heaven. That's correct. I want to write that down, right? Leave them to heaven. And, uh, cause I think also, you know, Ms. Farber, I think, I think just teaching self-defense stress, teaching how to deal with stress is probably one of the most things that we can do as a, as an, as a martial arts teacher, for sure. Right. And so here's this, here's this one story that you told one time, Mr. Chicago, uh, not, uh, about, not Mr. Chicago, about your instructor, Steve Sexton, about loyalty. Because there was a separation for a while. 
I believe, because you want to kind of do something a little bit different. And I think there was a separation. You've told this story before. But Steve Sexton came in your school, even though you were not either talking or whatever, you always had your instructors uh, and your teacher's picture on the wall. Always. You remember this story? And then he came in and saw that. Let's, Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, there was a time that I did, you know, I was, you know, out there doing some, you know, whatever that was not proper. And he came one time and took all his pictures out. He just didn't want to have anything to do, you know. And that's where I really learned um, the value of sincere apology, you know, and um, and the fact that I couldn't talk myself out of something I behaved myself into. I had to behave myself out of it, you know, Um you know, especially with Steve, but, you know, he forgave me in the long run. And uh, so, and, you know, he, he gave me wings. He didn't want to in the beginning. I, I, and I truly didn't think he, he, I don't think he believed that I could do this. I'm going to say that with conviction. He learned to um, accept it and be proud of it later. But in the beginning, he even told me, yeah, you're not going to make it. You're just not, you know, and uh, so, but that in a way, but in a way I chose that as a lesson because I got so pissed off. I'm like, I'm just going to do it just to show him, you know, so whatever, (laughs) everything he did, even though as negative as it was, I always took it as a lesson and it it made me move to the next level, you know, and I, and I wanted to be a a teacher because I wanted as as a responsibility of a teacher, I want to set my students up for lessons not for right now. I don't want immediate. I want, I want to set you up so two weeks from now, three months from now, you'll be going, oh, that's what it was. But, you know, people make such a big deal about enlightenment. But that's what enlightenment is, right? You just feel like, oh, that's what he meant. That's what it is, right? So right. <laughs> yeah. with, with stuff like that. So I set people up. And Sensei Benny does that to me all the time. You know what I mean? He he just you know he does his little things. Then then you know a month or two later, then I'll be going, oh shit, that's what he was talking about, you know? And that's where I get enlightened, you know. But I'm going like I said, going backwards again. Like you know, be, you know, we used to say the um, uh, first lesson we teach the students how to stand attention, bow, you know, all this stuff, you know. But you know, in the last year, especially with COVID, all this stuff happening, you know, the first lesson I teach the students now, and it sounds kind of weird i teach them how to breathe i tell them take a breath take a deep breath your nose then let it out i mean i'm talking about five-year-old then i ask the parent to do it because you know i just want them to be present right because if you're not present in the moment i don't care what it is you want to learn you know stress will, will kill us all just be present in a moment and the way we do it by breathing right so you just take a long breath mm-hmm. And, I'm, you know, I hold a five-year-old hand and I go, breathe with me. You know, show me you can breathe. And, 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 and you know, be uh, right now, tell me what's going on. Then, you know, I, something I got from Tom Callis is to check in. You know, where am I? What am I doing? Is it real? Right? So ask yourself those three questions. So when we even, as you remember, when we do forms, you go one, two, three. So we go, so where am I? Right. What am I doing? Is it real? So I think the whole idea of the bowing and some of these physical gestures in the martial arts was to remind us of being in the moment, right? With, That's with, correct. With so important because if I'm in the moment, then I know what's going on, right? And because I always want to look at what's 
going to happen based on my experience with what has happened before. So I'm constantly doing this comparison versus just being a moment, right? And I paid a heavy price for not doing that. I lost, you know, beautiful relationships, you know, because of that, because I wasn't in the moment, you know, or you're after short-term stuff, you know, short-term satisfaction versus long-term, you know. Um, I've learned how to, you know, take lessons in communication, but not communicate with my loved ones, the ones that are really important, you know. I learned how to preach, and then I wasn't doing what I was preaching, so I was hurting the people closest to me just because I wanted to be a preacher. So instead of saying, I don't want to preach anymore, the only way to teach is to be, and I'm, I got a long way to go with this, but be, people will know, people will experience, and they go, there's something different there, and that's what I want. I want to be close to that energy. That's the energy, but I've paid a heavy price. I'm, I'm still paying a heavy price for that, uh, having that, that kind of honor to have that energy with me, right, that people, it draws, right? It li- literally draws. Imagine this. With, I talk about this. Right. Mm-hmm. Imagine a a string with two steel balls hanging, right? And everything about them is the same. I tell you, tell me the difference. Oh, what is, you know, this color, that color weighs different. But no, they're all just both exactly the same. But you know the biggest difference? And it's not visual. It's not available to the eyes. One of them is magnetized. So when you throw a bunch of needles, only one of them take all the needles. And the magnetism, what's the definition of magnetism? Alignment of molecules, so when, when I'm aligned to molecules, and this people practice this through, obviously, through their religion, through connection with God, through, you know, whatever they do, or music, or whatever they do. But there's, I think that's, goosebumps is a way of aligning molecules. When you get goosebumps, it's not, doesn't have to do something with happiness. It has to do with joy. When you have joy in your life, God gives you a little bit of, oh, experience this. You can't voluntarily get a goosebumps there's no way but you get a goosebumps as a father seeing your kid sleep or you're having a cup of coffee in the morning and you're watching yeah. i mean those are the moments that create that goosebump and that's your that's god way of saying you all your molecules are aligned don't mess yeah. it up don't <laughs> right and uh so alignment of molecules is what i want i want my life to be um that and because of that I'm getting to a point that maybe I'll start attracting more energy, more positive energy, you know, better people, because I got rid of some great people. I shouldn't have, and I should have, should have gotten rid of some of them sooner, but either way, in the moment, right. And that's, that's what I want. I want to be truthful. I want to be simple. um, And I want to be real. You know, and and uh, and I think we missed all the stuff in the martial arts. Got so tangled up in what Bruce Lee calls a classical mess. You know, so worried about what color uniform and bowing all the stuff versus to to forgetting what the symbol of the bow was. You know, what was it? You know, um, or you know, making eye contact. Simple lessons. You know, but breathing is the most right. important one. You know what I mean? So anyway, that's the you that's know, true. That, well. This is this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about, Mr. Farwards, where you this philosophy side, this was a side that I needed this where when I came to you that that to kind of balance my aggression per se. And you know, you, you know, you're right. Anybody that really knows me is I'm kind of a teddy bear with a with a grizzly out 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 uh exterior, you know. Uh um but 
these are the kind of lessons you have. So, and, you're, and you're talking about goosebumps, and I just got because I had it last night. I don't know, just out of the blue, my my middle son. I was sitting outside, just kind of going through emails, and he came and sat to the thing and talking to me about kind of his uh, physical he just went through at the medical, and we just had this moment for ten or fifteen minutes as a father and a son, and and then when it was done, it was like, man, that you I couldn't replace that fifteen minutes. I and hearing that, you know, giving him goosebumps, I'm like, I can't believe that just happened right now with my uh, 25-year-old. You know what I mean? I'm just sitting there, you know, just going back and forth. And so these are the lessons as a teacher. This is um, why I enjoyed coming, you know, to you and the lessons learned on the thing. And, hey, listen, you were hardcore at, at a time when I came through this, and which I needed. And I still think those lessons are valuable today. Whether people pick up on them or not, I guess, like you said, that's on them. You're going to give him a book. You're going to you're going to take my teachings and you're either going to bottle it up and say, oh, what a jerk or he doesn't care or whatever. Or you're going to take my life experience and learn something from it. And I think you I think you're the same way. We've had these we've had these long talks uh, for sure. You know, so, we, you know, both of us had schools in the covid era. Right. And we had to make adjustments. What was the biggest change that, you know, what's the biggest growth that you had during your covid What's the biggest growth that you had? Um, I think it was, you know, I, I I could have and I should have taken a lot more stuff towards myself and do some stuff, but I didn't. I pouted, you know, um, and I try to blame and get into the stories of why this is, why that is. But it, when it came down to it, I wanted to see what are the things that I can touch. Um, you know, having a relationship with my daughter, getting to creating vegetable gardens or try to create some some things that are, you know, that I can that I'm in control of, you know, um, taking more lessons, you know, try to be um, uh, more mindful than than the things I do, you know, and um, uh, again, getting more clear on the distinction of being a customer, client and a student, you know, that. You know, you can walk into a school, including yours, and become a student. You're a customer. And guess what? You know, customer is always right. Correct. <laughs> if you don't like something, you know, you... Yeah, that you, sucks. Right? And, and we make it up and do whatever because customer is always right. Then you, after a little bit, you become a client, so you lose a little bit more personal relationship. I know what your needs are, and it's different, right? Then when you become a student, it's unconditional, and, and being a student doesn't mean you still train or not. I consider having some students that are not even in martial arts anymore, but they still consider themselves a student, right? And those are the people during the COVID reached out to me. You know what I mean? And I was, you know, like, you know, right. we, did, we did the GoFundMe page, which was really hard for me to do because I, you know, it's hard for me to ask for help, you know? And I didn't want it from the martial arts community. I just, you know, it was in a place. But the people who reached out, uh, Mark is one of is the, is the students from 20, 30 years ago. People reached out that I hadn't seen them or haven't. I hate to say, it, I, I was I've, I've never I haven't been even thinking about them. But these are the people that reached out because they said we want to help, we want to do something. You know what I mean? It wasn't the people that I thought. Oh my God, this student can afford it. He's so rich. He's gonna no. Those were not the ones. You know the ones. That, <laughs> you know what I mean? The ones that I knew that are struggling. Those yes. came up and help because that. So it reminded me what a valuable thing we're doing. Again, not because of again we 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 providing a way for people to 
go further in their life. No, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to take the credit for it. I don't do it. But I have what I take credit for. I build a culture, a place where stuff grows. Some of them I cause. Some of them it just organically just kind of does it by itself because <laughs> all right. these people, right? So we create this culture where you know uh, uh, when when you see trash on the floor, a customer picks it up and goes to the front and says, "Hey." There's trash on the floor. Somebody or doesn't even pick it up. Goes and said, "There's somebody go pick up that trash." If you're a client, you pick up the trash. Then you go come and tell us, "Hey, you know, by the way, I took the trash." But if you're but if you're a student, you pick up the trash, put away. No, no one even knows about it because you didn't. That's it, right. You didn't do it for the recognition. You know, I got people. Right. That come, oh, sir, you know, there's no toilet paper. You know, then I got people who go, uh, "Sir, where are the toilet papers? I'll take care of it really quick." Right. Then there's students who like it's done. Like I don't even know who did right. it, right? Because <laughs> we we you know, right having a culture where that's right. Private victories are bigger than public victories, right? That validation, we all yes. validation. I mean, I, right now you're giving me validation. I'm giving you validation, and which is uh, we we massage each other's heart, which is wonderful, right. you know. But to get to a point where you you in you private victories of you knowing you know what is that the good old what's the distinction between doing something right and doing the right thing right to, to teach people that and yes. tell people that there is, a, there is a distinction between that right and to bring that out as a conversation you know even to the teens you know oh I got to tell you this experience because you like stories uh, this this just happened to me last night. I got a new student come come back after COVID. Sorun, uh, this little he's a you know he was like ten or eleven, but he's like twelve or thirteen or whatever, and he's a little teen. Came back, and so he tried the first class on Monday. Loved it, you know. I was teaching a class, working with no problem. He was he was a little shy. So yesterday he came back. What in, in the, I started a class being the you know the instructor that I am, the male chauvinist and whatever that I am. I decided to do another warm up. So we started doing staff. <laughs> As a warm up, then I noticed he's in, he's here, but he's sitting down in the front. He didn't join the class. So after I did a warm up, you know, I said I'm going to go talk to him. I went over there. I said, "You're, you're ten minutes late, man. What's going on?" He goes, "Nothing." And I said, "Well, do you do you care that you're late?" He said, "No." And here I am, you know, trying to be the man that I am. I'm like, you know what? If you don't care, then I'm not going to care. So you sit here and watch the rest of the class, right? So I'll come back to the class. Then after ten minutes to myself, I'm going. God, that was not the best way to handle this. This was, that, was my, that was my ego speaking. So I walked back up, sat with him, and I say, "Sir, what's going on, man?" He goes, and he started getting teary eyes. And I said, "I know you love this. What's going on?" He goes, "I don't know. You guys were holding the staffs in your hand. I didn't know what to do with them." And I'm like, "Oh God, you know, like you know, I set this kid up for failure." You know, so I, I apologized to him and I said, you know, come with me, yeah. you know, um, you know, uh, you're right. This is something you haven't seen before. And I didn't pre-frame you. So come with me. And I showed him and some of the you know, stuff that we were doing and he felt better. And afterwards, I'm like, oh, you know, why do I do this stuff? You know, where, you know, I get the I get the ego jump out versus, you know, you know, be really tr try to be uh, in the moment and listen to what this kid has gone through. You know, anyway. So, I, and I and, and I know you laugh at this because a part of you have done this, right? Or I've seen this, and because I do it right every week, I do it. Okay, these are the lessons that happens every day 
in this little thing called our culture, our studio with students. And these are the many things that happens in their life, right? So for us to be a little bit more understanding, like my goal is I want to, I want my lights, my eyes to light up when I see a student coming back. You know what I mean? And when I do that, I'm telling you, the kid mm-hmm. just goes up you know, in the air. But instead of how many kids, students have I walk by and I go, hey, buddy, how you doing? You know, instead of just lighting up and say, hey, you know, you're here, man. I know that, you know, you've been on a Zoom for the last eight hours on a computer and you're here. And I know you don't want to be, but you're here. And in the high five, <laughs> man, thank you, you know, or acknowledging that, you know. And so... I think it, it, it all goes it's, back it's, to it. Once again, yeah, it's just, once again, listening to it, it's still a constant reminder. I, I've, I, I fall into the same thing all the time where I'm so tunnel visioned on something going on in my office. When I kind of go out, I look at the mat, make sure everything's good. Many times I'm like, why? And I get, I go back and sit down and I'm like, why did I not go and shake everybody's hands being here or saying hello to everybody? Yeah. Right. I've done this. I do this on a weekly basis. This is a this is something I've been trying to change in myself forever. And it's not because, oh, I'm better than you or I don't want to talk. I literally have like got this tunnel vision. I go and see all the kids and and uh, and make sure that, um, you know, classes are running the way I want to see them and that people can see my face, know that I'm in the background and I'm, you know, and and then, uh, of course, I, I I lean back and, and I'm like, that's really that's really piss poor leadership that I didn't take three minutes and go to each of the parents. How you doing? And uh, I, I constantly do this constantly. So um, yeah, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I'm, I'm, I'm just as guilty of that as, as uh, anybody, as anybody else learning these lessons as a instructor, as you go, because it's hard. It's really hard because I'm an old school guy. I have old school values. And listen, I had to teach boys how to shake hands the other day because they shake hands like a limp fit. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? What, what are we doing here in this society? Or we can't, you know, you know, you don't wrestle with your brother or you don't know how to, t- I, I mean, I can't even do a self-defense technique until I teach them how to do the grab uh, because they don't wrestle around with each other. You know what I mean? So this, this, this old school values I have in this new, I, I don't know, I don't even know what to call it, but. Uh, but the, let me, the parenting let me, is, is different. Let me, let me challenge you on that. And that's the values are values. The principles are principles. We can't, like people say, I want to break the law. You can't break the law. You can break yourself against the law. Principles are principles. <laughs> values are values. I think the old school, new school is we need to modify that. You know, I used to, you know, when I, when I teach the hook gig, I used to say, imagine, you know, being in a telephone booth and you reach in, hit the guy and you come out. Well, I can't use that expression anymore because kids say, what's the telephone booth? You know what I mean? So I yes. think that the value, I mean, the concept is the same. The way we communicate, um, the way we talk about it is different. You know, you know so my, my first thing is when a student is late now, uh, a, a normal student, not a Blackboard candidate, we, no, instead of doing a push-up, which is one of the horrible things to do in my mind because you associate push-ups with, punishment which is push-ups and pull-ups are one of the most powerful exercises we can do and we don't want that association with it that's a whole different thing but i walk up to them and i grab their hands and look at them in the eye and i go is everything okay 
That's my that's my first concern. And because I want doesn't matter what we do here. The first ground rule is human first, then martial arts, then laws, ground rules, human first. You know, is everything okay? Oh, you know, my mom, there was outside in traffic. My mom, you know, are you okay? All right, take a deep breath. We're going to walk in. I want you to warm up really quick and join the class, right? Instead of punishing them because he didn't drive here. The mom did. Then I walk up to the mom, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, is everything okay? That's not like you, you know, um, to be late. Just want to make sure everything is okay. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I apologize. No problem. You know, high five, you know, whatever. But before I used to say, you know, go, go sit down, you know. And the parent doesn't know what's going on. And in my mind, I'm teaching the kid a lesson. But it's not a lesson. It's more punishment. That kid's been punished all day it's long. It's not a lesson. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a, it's just punishment, you know. And, and for us to just communicate, it's right. better. You know, like the other, the other day, Katana, my daughter, had a friend over. And, and we tried to make something, and uh, which I'm into cooking, by the way. I'm learning how to cook. Uh, so we didn't have sugar. And she turns around to, to me and goes, what kind of house doesn't have sugar? Right. And I looked at her. And I went, you know what? Sweetheart, let's try to rephrase that because that came out really <laughs> like if it was, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to teach this kid about talking like that. Right. But, you know, another way you could say that same thing. Right. Instead of having that, right. attitude, you know, or that entitlement, you know, whatever it is. Anyway, but, you know, it's, it's a journey. Right. I'm learning as I go along with all this stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm. I'm constantly in the process of you know sharpening myself and becoming the best version of myself i think i'm a best version of myself now that i was not yesterday definitely with that student you know but you know what i mean i, I my constant thing is better be a better version because you know i i paid a heavy price to be here uh, through relationships through people through you know all this stuff you know and i don't want that anymore i want to be the literally a best version of me and the only thing about that is going to be by being in a moment and be aware of what's going on and where am I, what am I doing? You know, is it real? Right. Right. And how uncomfortable is that? Cause I've, I, you know, I've been at the Maya shows when you speak and you say, and you say that the people I've watched people walk right out of the room because they can't seem to get the idea that I need to be present here. They can't get past their own egos to do it. So, you know, that, but you know what? Here's the other, other thing yeah. I've learned, uh, Mark. Excellence is not for everyone. And I know, Correct. And I know it's hard to say it because, oh, but the truth is it's available for everyone. But it's not for everyone. So I just point the way. The fact that and, and if you get the lesson, I don't want the credit for it. Right. And if you didn't get the lesson, I don't want the credit for it. You know, that's something I learned from Dan Santo. Like he always says, I'm not proud of any students. He says that, like, you know, what, and we're like, what do you mean? He goes, what they do with the, what I give them is their thing. Whatever they do with it, I'm proud of every one of them. I love every one of them. I don't like some of them, but I love <laughs> every one of them, right? And I just don't want, you know, I provide it here. And here it is. Would you like it? Wonderful. What you do with it is your thing. Take all the credit in the world, you know? And, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not perfect. I've made so many mistakes. Um, but I'm in the process of just becoming the best version of me. You know, and through through relationships like yours, you know, we, we you know, we, we I don't have to talk to you for three months, but, you know, I pick up the phone and go, hey, Mark, I need some sticks. And, you know, it's there and you don't even charge me for it. You're like, oh, this is, you know, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. You can't teach that anymore. Right. 
or you yeah. know, it's it, it, we we want to call it old school, but let's just call it, you know, it's just values and principles that you know, I'm, I there's only a couple of a few people that I can count on that if I say there's something wrong, they'll be there. You know what I mean? And uh, so I'm, I want more people like that around me. You know. Yeah, you want it. Yes. And I think that's great. What a great lesson, right? To uh, let children know that you are um, definitely uh, influenced by your circle of influence. You're going to have people that are going to be like-minded and, and, and stick with you through thick or thin. And, and, you know, I have a very small circle that way and I've got mentors um, that I go to, you know, and you, you know, just happen to be one of them. You know, I, I, I value my, uh, instructors deeply, you know, all of them. And, uh, and, and their insights, you know, doesn't mean we have to agree and, and think on the same level every time, but it certainly gives me different perspective uh, with life experiences. You know what I mean? So, so we're getting close to the hour. So I thought, um, you know, we'd wrap this up with your thoughts on what do you look at now, Mr. Farbors, as, you know, what is your mission now? You know, cause it's different now, now that we're at, you know, when I turned 60, that was a, um, that was something, right? You know, I remember when you turned 50, uh, you did, you did, I, I fought you that day too, when on your 50th birthday, you had people all fight for you. Was that your 50th? Is that the day, time you did it? Yeah, it was a crazy yeah, cycle. Right? And then, so I did that, right? I followed, right? I followed your lead and on my 50th, I did it. And then when I turned 60, I did 12 rounds of grappling, right? So, uh, uh, <laughs> what that, you know, 12 five minute rounds. I mean, that was brutal. And uh, so I've, I've kept that, you know, I've kept that persona, but now we have this difference. So what's your mission? What's your legacy? What do you want to end with? Let people get some more knowledge of what you think. I, you know, I think um, going back to, I want to be the best person I am. I can be for me than my kids. I really want to concentrate on, on my own circle of influence a little bit more. Um, I want to reach out to share what I know with people a little bit more through what we're doing right now. And, uh, and, and just get better at, become a better version of me. Um, that's, that's my whole goal, you know, and that's, that's what I want to live by. You know, that's what's important to be, to be in the moment and, uh, and appreciate the people that I have around me and in my mentors also. And just be, like I said, just be in the moment. Yeah, I think, well, it, it's always, uh, you know, it's always super exciting to be able to sit and talk. I, I haven't got to sit and like uh, have coffee with you or, or, or chit chat like we, we have here and there. And I'm looking forward to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to see if we can get Sensei Benny to, to get on this and do this with us and yeah, yeah, get sure. some of his, uh, his yeah. insights on, on this, on, on his life, because you have this living legend and people don't really even understand you know, the man's uh, philosophy that you have in your, in your school right there, you know, I'll make that happen. So you guys, you know, we can all communicate. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, I want to thank you, Mr. Farbors. I I hopefully everybody kind of get more of an insight. You know, I, uh, I love you and uh, I'm super blessed to have you as one of my, uh, one of my teachers and hopefully we do you proud over here and, and keep your legacy alive and well over here at, I appreciate you, and I love you a lot. Take care, man. All right. Bye-bye, sir. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, 
and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.